Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, we want to turn to Lamentation and the chapter 1, the portion that we read together. Book of Lamentations and the chapter 1. And my text is verse 12, uh, this particular chapter. The words of Jeremiah cry really from his heart. Lamentations 1, verse 12. It's a nothing to you, all ye that pass by, behold, and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow, which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. It's of nothing to you, all ye that pass by. Let's look to the Lord and let's pray for his help. We certainly need it tonight. And the Lord help us in the preaching of the word. Father in heaven, we come to thee. We thank you for the singing of the hymns. We thank you tonight. Lord, in the hymns we've been brought to Calvary. We've brought to the, the sacrificial work of the Lord Jesus. Uh, your son who came into the world to die for us. We marvel at his great love. And yet, Lord, we're taught it and found here in the word of God. And we pray tonight that you would be with us as we would preach. And we certainly pray we'd be led by faith to Calvary. And we'll hear the voice of Christ speaking to souls tonight. Those who are in darkness and those who are in sin, Lord, tonight. That they will come to Christ. Close us in with thyself. We need your help to speak, Lord. We certainly need help to listen as well. And we pray thou wilt be with us here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You read the Old Testament here, the life of Jeremiah. He was a man who had a great heart for the people. He longed that the people too would love and serve the Lord. We find that he mourned and he wept over the calamity and trouble that fell upon the people. His heart was broken for those who went on without Christ. Those who found themselves in trouble because of the life that they were living. For instance, Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 1. Oh, that my head were waters, and mine eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. And here's a man known as the weeping prophet. You see, he's got a love for the people, he's got a heart for their souls, and he's weeping and he's broken over their sin and over their trouble. Well, he had a heart like Christ, of course. He's only imitating the Lord Jesus, remember? In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says of the Lord Jesus Christ, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The Lord Jesus Christ himself had a great love, a great love for those who's lost in sin. This was brought before us here in the book of Lamentations. Jeremiah is broken. Jeremiah is weeping. Jeremiah is lamenting over the destruction, the trouble, and the sorrow that has come upon the people. Well, you can see different reasons that he did this, of course. He lamented over the great fall of the city. One of the greatest cities in the world at that time was Jerusalem. He says himself there in the verse 1, She, that was great. A great city. Oh, it was not great just because of the people. Not great because of the, the walls. It was great because God dwelt in this city. It was a great city. But oh, it had fallen. It had fallen. 
He talked here about it, of course, that it was empty, in a sense. And she has become a tribute. It says in verse 1, that was full of people. Notice, it was full of people. And now he's looking around. Looking around the streets. Looking around the city. It's not full of people anymore. No, no. He's looking up this street and that street. It's empty. How great has the city fallen? It has fallen greatly. That's why you find him in verse 2. He says, she weepeth sore in the night and her tears are on her cheeks. There's weeping and there's brokenness all throughout the city. She's in bitterness, he says in verse 4. The people's hearts are broken. It was Matthew Henry said, she that's the joy of the whole earth. Now she's weeping. And she's weeping sorely. Her laughter, it's turned into mourning. Something has happened to this city. You see, it has fallen. It has fallen greatly. Jeremiah loved the city. Jeremiah loved the people. And his heart is broken. What was coming before his eyes? The city has fallen. As you see into the hands of his enemies. The people are broken. The people are weeping. The streets are empty. There's no one going to the house of God. Something has happened here in the city that touched his heart. Touched his heart. He talked about their captivity. In verse 3, Judah has gone into captivity because of her affliction. Of course, the Babylonians had come and taken the people captive. The people who were free, the people who want to live for God and serve the Lord in the city, now they find themselves in chains. There they've been taken from their homes, taken from their families, taken from their cities. He says the people now, they're in captivity. Perhaps he knew them. Some good friends, some family, he knew them. But they're gone into captivity. He saw the corruption also, because remember he says in verse 8, Jerusalem hath grievously sinned, therefore she is removed. He knows, he knows the reason why this had happened. Why the streets are empty. Why the people are put into chains. Why they are in bondage. Here's a reason. They had sinned. They had sinned greatly. And they had sinned against the Lord. They had fallen. They had fallen greatly. Now he's a man here. As he looks around him. Jeremiah in a sense. He's putting out a challenge to people. And he cries out in her text. Well is it nothing to you ye that pass by? Behold and see. If there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger, and he shouted out to the people that's passing by, is it nothing to you? Is it nothing? Do you not see my sorrow? Do you not see that I'm broken? Has anyone ever seen sorrow like my sorrow? Has anyone ever been afflicted the way I've been afflicted? And that's really what he's saying to the people. Well, there is one. There is one who can say yes. I have seen more sorrow than you. I have seen more affliction than you. Who is that one? The Lord Jesus Christ. 
That's the one. I remember, and there's some people here today, Mr. McLeod and his wife, we got this tax in college when we first went into it. And I remember looking at this tax, and we're getting the depression. I had the foggiest notion. What are you going to say about this tax? But when you put Christ into it, that's the answer. I didn't know it as a young preacher at that time. That's the answer. But I remember getting it in college, scratching my head. I was just wondering where my hair went to at that time. But what am I going to do with this? But it's full of Christ. Is there one, says Jeremiah, has anyone seen more sorrow than me? Has anyone been afflicted more than me? Yes, there is one. The Lord Jesus Christ. The man of sorrows. And I want to take these words tonight and give them to Christ where they rightly belong to. And there's three very simple things as you think of Christ on the cross tonight. We think here of the anguish of the cross and the word sorrow. Now the word sorrow, if you look it up, it means anguish or grief. And the Lord Jesus Christ is saying, has anyone ever seen sorrow like my sorrow? Has there ever been a more sorrowful sight than the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross? Has there? That's the challenge put out to the world tonight. Has anyone ever seen sorrow like my sorrow? That's what Christ is saying. Do you think of the sorrow to do with the, the Lord Jesus Christ? Think of the sorrow when they're racing to his soul? You know, it says in Matthew 26, verse 38, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. And that word sorrowful can mean like it's grieved all around. It's not like a, a little burden that you have in your heart. No, no, he's talking here about having a sorrow that's surrounding him. And no matter where he looks in his life, his mind, his heart, his being, he's surrounded. He's surrounded with this sorrow. You know what the Bible says about him, of course? In Luke 22, verse 44, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were. Great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Do you see him? He's sorrowful, even unto death. And so heavy is this sorrow that's in his heart. He's sweating blood. Well, has anybody ever seen sorrow like the sorrow found in Jesus Christ? Is anyone here? Someone has said there was never sorrow like unto his sorrow, which was done all to Christ because all his sorrow was born for others. Well, here's the anguish of the cross in relation to his soul. His soul was sorrowful even unto death. In words I, I cannot fully describe to you here tonight, but think about the sorrow here of Jesus Christ. In relation to his sovereignty, you see the man upon the cross, who was it? He's none other than the Son of God. In fact, we had to say tonight to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. He's Lord of Lords. And he's king of kings. He is the one who made us. He is the creator of the world. He is the one that the angels fall down at his feet. And they worship him. He is God come in the flesh. But there he is on the cross. Suffering like a criminal. Covered in blood. Covered in bruises. Mocked and despised. The crowd crying out to the bottom of the cross. 
Crucify him. Crucify him. Did you ever see sorrow like unto this sorrow? As it says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 8, that they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But that's what they did. The Lord of glory, the King of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's hanging and he's dying upon the cross. Well, did you ever see sorrow like unto my sorrow? Oh, how this Lord Jesus suffered great sorrow upon the cross, the King of glory. Oh, the sight of the fall of the city of Israel was not as sorrowful as the cross work on the cross. Well, we were singing about that man of sorrows tonight. Dying for us. And he sorrowed like unto my sorrow, he said. The one who created us, the one who's the Lord, one who's king. And yet he's dying upon the cross for our sins. You think of the sorrow also here in relation to Calvary, up through with the saints. You see, we come to the Bible in the New Testament, we find that the Lord Jesus Christ, he died alone. Yes, there were two criminals died alongside him, one on the left hand and one on the right. But where was Peter? Where was Peter who says, Lord, I all the rest can forsake thee, but you can depend upon me. I'll never forsake thee. Where was Peter? Where was Andrew, James and John? Where were the other disciples? They forsook him. They left him. Remember it says in Mark 14, and verse 50, and they all forsook him and fled. He was forsaken in the time of his greatest need. You and I know tonight when a person is in great sorrow and we hear of it. We, when you and I would go to that friend, you and I would go to that family member. And we would do all we could to comfort them and to be with them in their time of sadness. But did you ever see sorrow like unto my soul, says the Lord Jesus? You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is all alone. He's all alone, you see. Remember Job says how he suffered greatly over there in the book of Job. In Job 2 verse 11, now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came, every one from his own place. When they heard about his sorrow, they said, we better get to go to see Job. We better go to him. But not so with Christ. Not so with the Son of God. He's alone. He's all alone. Does anyone ever see sorrow like my sorrow? No, we haven't. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, dying on the cross. No, we haven't. Think of sorrow in relation to a separation. Do you remember? In Matthew 27, verse 46, about the ninth hour. Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabathia. That is to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And there he is upon the cross. And listen, here's something that's happening to the Lord Jesus. The Father has left him. He is forsaken. Oh, the sorrow of the cross. As I said to you, he's all alone. And that's why he says, has anyone, has anyone ever seen sorrow like my sorrow? It's an awful thing for the Lord Jesus Christ to be forsaken. And yet he was, when the Father saw our sin upon him, he left him. All oh, the sorrow here at the cross, the anguish. 
Even in relation to the Son, because the Bible tells us in Matthew 27, verse 45, now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. There was a darkness came down that filled the land at that particular time. And in the historical accounts with the Romans and with the Greeks, they make reference to an event that happened around that time to do with the darkness. One of their historians wrote, Either the divine being suffers, or suffers with him that suffers, or the frame of the world is dissolving. They realize something is happening. Something is happening to this world in relation to God. There was darkness all over the land for three hours. You see, has anyone ever seen sorrow like my sorrows? Even the sun. Even the sun. I'm enjoy the sun today. Even the sun stopped shining when the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross. It says in Isaiah 53, verse 3, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, unacquainted with grief. Oh, here's the anguish of the cross. I want tonight in our preaching to bring you to Calvary. I want you to bring you to the cross. I want to bring sinners tonight to see something of the love of Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross for sinners like you and I. Have you ever seen sorrow like this sorrow? Have you? Oh, we have to hold up our hands and say, no, we haven't. That's why we sang that hymn tonight. Man of sorrows, what a name. For the Son of God who came, ruined sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a saviour. He's a man of sorrows and he came from heaven to save sinners like you and to save sinners like me tonight. Have you ever seen sorrow like his sorrow? No, we haven't. Here's the anguish of the cross. Oh, the sorrow. The man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But I want to say a secondly here, but he goes on to speak in our text about the agony of the cross. And he says on, you can read on down the text. But what the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. He talks here now about the agony of the cross. And you can see here the pain of his affliction. And look at the words that Jeremiah used here. Afflicted, that means cause grief. And the word fierce means sore displeasure or wrath. And here is something we find. God is angry. God is angry here. His fierce anger. The pain of the cross. As if the Lord as Jesus Christ is saying. The Lord's afflicted me. God has afflicted me. You see it was not. I say again. It is not an easy thing. For the Lord Jesus Christ. To go to Calvary. And to go to the cross. Because he says the Lord afflicted me. God, God caused them to suffer, afflicted them. All the pain here of his affliction. And you know, when you turn in the Bible, you will find, of course, that the Lord Jesus suffered, and he suffered greatly on the cross. Remember Isaiah 53, verse 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. And that word wounded can mean tormented. There wasn't a little bruise here at all. He was tormented for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes were healed. But notice he was wounded. 
And he suffered greatly upon the cross. In fact, when you read Isaiah 53, you read that he was smitten of God and afflicted in verse 4. In verse 10 it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God's wrath fell upon the Lord Jesus Christ. His wrath fell upon him as he hung and died upon the cross. And that's why we read these words. Has anyone ever seen sorrow like this sorrow with the Lord? He has afflicted me. The Lord Jesus suffered greatly as he hung and died upon the cross. So read the Bible, the fierce wrath of God, it fell upon Christ. Now we think of the thieves, of course. They were suffering. But they were suffering the wrath of the Roman law. The Lord Jesus suffered the wrath and offended an angry God. Oh, the pain of his affliction. He said, the Lord's afflicted me. The Lord Jesus suffered and bled and died. Oh, the purpose of it all, of course. He came to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. In Hebrews 9, verse 27, it reminds us why the Lord Jesus died upon the cross and why he suffered. For it says here, but now in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. You see, he offered himself a sacrifice for our sins. Not one son of his own. And when the Lord Jesus Christ came from heaven down into this world and he went to the cross at Calvary, he died for our sins. And he made himself a sacrifice for our sins. And that's why he says, has anyone ever been afflicted like I have been afflicted? Have you ever seen sorrow like my sorrow? Here's the purpose of his suffering. It was for our sins. Why we're singing there tonight, burning shame and scoffing, rude in my place, condemned, he stood. He sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a save. But notice a little phrase, in my place, condemned, he stood. It was my place. Oh, sinner, tonight, think of Calvary. Think of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was afflicted. He was tormented. He was bruised. He was smitten. He suffered greatly upon the cross. Oh, think about the purity of his affliction. What I mean by that, of course, we had the death of an innocent man. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible reminds us time and time, he never sinned. Cannot be said of me, cannot be said of anyone in this meeting tonight, that you have never sinned. But remember, the Bible is very clear, that all have sinned to come short of the glory of God, but not Christ. Not the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear. In 1 Peter, 1, 1 Peter 2 verse 22, it speaks of Christ who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Not one sin. In word or thought or deed, the Lord Jesus never sinned once. But yet here he is being afflicted. Here he is on the cross. Here he is suffering greatly for our sins. The other thieves died for their sins. But it was not so. It was not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. He never sinned. You think about him again. Guilty, vile, and helpless we. Spotless Lamb of God was he. He spotless. Of course they mocked him. Of course there was charges put against the Lord Jesus Christ. But there was no one ever proved them. There's no sin in the blessed Son of God. 
That's why we were singing tonight, Hallelujah, what a Savior. Oh, the purity of his affliction. Do you ever see affliction like this? Do you ever? Some people get afflicted. People get into trouble. We deserve it. But not so with Christ. Not so with the Son of God here upon the cross. Think about the passion of his affliction. The great and wonderful love of the Lord Jesus Christ is found in this affliction. He died for sinners, the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us he died for those who were his enemies. In Romans 5, for instance, and the verse 8 that says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, marvel at this. Why did Jesus die for sinners like you and I? Why did he go to the cross? Why did he suffer so much? Because he loved us. He loved us. I want you to think tonight, on see a person in this meeting of Calvary. I want you to think tonight of the death of the Son of God upon the cross. He died for us. He loved us. He shed his blood. Well, has anyone ever saw affliction like this? The agony of the cross. Lord Jesus Christ dying for sinners like you and I. See, it's Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher. He said, Tell it in hell. Tell it in the earth. Tell it in the heaven. And let the three worlds overflow with wonder at this miracle of love. Let the whole universe hear it. Jesus died for his enemies. Have you ever seen affection like this? Have you ever seen love like this? That the Lord Jesus would die for you. Unsaved person in the meeting. Die for sinner like you tonight. Suffer in your place. Bear the wrath of God upon his own body. Have you ever seen affliction like this? And remember he did this voluntarily. In John chapter 10 verse 15. And I laid down my life for the sheep. It was not taken from him his life. He laid it down willingly in love and mercy. Would you ever see affliction like his affliction? This is the challenge. We put these words but to do with Christ in the cross. It says lifted up was he to die it is finished. Was his cry now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Oh the anguish of the cross. The agony of the cross. The Lord has afflicted me. I want you to notice that little phrase. God punished his son to save sinners like you and I. It's not going to work one or two ways for you on a person this meeting. But that you'll accept Christ as your saviour. Or God will punish you for your sin. There are no three ways about it. The Lord has afflicted me to save a sinner like you. That you might go free. That you might be redeemed. That you might have everlasting life. That you might be saved. The Lord has afflicted me. This is what Christ is saying. He's talking about his suffering, his pain, his agony on the cross. To save us. To save us. Oh, here we have the anguish of the cross and the agony of the cross. Do you ever see suffering like this? He suffered hell upon the cross. And God's wrath was poured out upon him as he offered his soul an offering for our sin. Did you ever see affliction like this? No. We have to say no. We are sounded tonight. 
of the great love of Jesus Christ to sinners like you and I. Oh, the agony of the cross. The Lord, he said, has afflicted me. I want you to see tonight something of the love of Christ to sinners like you, that you might be saved in everlasting life. And then can I say lastly here and quickly, not only is the agony of the cross, but the appeal from the cross. What does he say? I said nothing to you. I said nothing to you, ye, that passed by. Hear the words of the, these words as if they're coming from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's looking at the crowd gathered around the cross. And let me say to him, I said nothing to you what I'm doing. I said nothing to you that I am the Son of God. I said nothing to you that I have died for sinners. All ye that pass by. Here's a personal appeal. And I take my finger tonight and I point it to the congregation and to those who's all converted in the meeting. I say these words to you. It's a nothing to you. It's a nothing to you. What we're talking about. It's a nothing to you that Jesus Christ loved us and died upon the cross to save us and bring us back to God. This is nothing to you. I want you to answer that question tonight honestly in your heart. Is it nothing to you? A personal appeal, a passing appeal. All ye that pass by, remember tonight, we're all passing by. And we're all passing through this world very, very quickly. And he's shouting out to you tonight, is it nothing to you, all ye that's passing me by? You passing by in your life, you live for the world. You live for other things in the world and not for Christ. As if he's shouting out to you, is it nothing to you that's passing me by? How long are you passing Christ by? How long, dear sinner, tonight are you running away from Jesus Christ? Well, there's nothing to you, he said. All ye that pass by. Think of the powerful appeal. You know what he says? The word, behold and see if there be any sorrow that God to my soul. And the word behold, really, it gets us to stop. It's really like a, a stop sign in the Bible. And he said, this, behold, stop. and to Take a look up. Just look. If you stop tonight by faith and take a look up, and there you see the man of Calvary. And there you see the Lord Jesus Christ covered in blood. And he suffered and he bled and he dies. And he says, look, stop and look. Remember John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And Christ is appealing from the cross. It's a nothing to you. So nothing to you. All ye that pass by. Oh, it's a neglected appeal, is it not? People just pass by. It doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't. We all be at the parades, I'm sure most of us anyway, over the twelfth and all. And if you were standing with this tax, it's a nothing to you, all ye that pass by. Uh, to a lot of people, if it's nothing, it means nothing to them. Nothing to them. You know, we read with interest in the newspaper, somebody gets killed. Maybe someone in the community. Well, we'll be at the paper, we'll be reading it, and they're not so enough, of course, today, all the details and what happened. But here's the death of deaths. The paper's not interested. They're not interested on the man of Calvary. And they pass on, and they go on, listen here tonight, they pass on to eternal judgment. 
And if it means nothing to you, then you're lost. And you'll be lost for all eternity. So if you're living your life and this has meant nothing to you, I want to say to you tonight, stop, behold, look to Christ. Repent of your sin and put your faith and trust in him and he will save you. He will save you. Oh, there's power in the blood. That's what we're singing here tonight. There's power in the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. And that is it. For those who receive the cross, the cross work of Christ, it's the power of God. But to other people who pass by, it's only foolishness. Which group are you in? Which group are you in tonight? You say, yes, I've come to Calvary. I've come by faith to Christ. And he's washed me from my sin. Oh, it means a lot to me. But what about you all saved in the meeting? Would you not come and repent from your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Think of these words tonight as if they're coming not from me. Or not that they're coming from Jeremiah. Think of them coming from Christ. Is it nothing to you all ye that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow which is done unto me. Well, with the Lord hath afflicted me in the day of his face anger. Here's an appeal from the cross to your heart. It's nothing to you. Don't be foolish. Don't say I'll go on without Christ any longer. Repent from your sin and come and put your faith and trust in him tonight and he will save you. He will give everlasting life. You know, there's power in the blood. I, I, I don't have to know all about your sin. I don't have to know how many I don't, I, and you wouldn't even know yourself or how vile the, the, your sins are. But I know this, Christ knows and his blood can cleanse you. Wash me and I shall be whiter. Not wonderful. Than the snow. Would you not be forgiven tonight? Would you not be saved tonight? Would you not come to the man of Calvary, the Lord Jesus, and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me and save my soul and bring me to heaven? He'll do it. He'll do it tonight. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come and trust me. Pray the Lord will write his word upon our hearts. Amen. Thank you.